Sometimes I just want to wander in the damp, cool woods for an evening, through the fog, past the stone wall, and over the leaf-strewn moss. Welcome to the Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark, and this episode was written by Joe Horn. Come the drab fall colors of November, there are, with very few exceptions, hi bush cranberry, I'm looking at you, not much in the way of fruits worth picking this time of year. Fresh raspberries, blackberries, and blueberries are as faint a memory these days as those sweltering days of summer. Rhubarb, while not a fruit, seems almost like a dream, foggy and thinly held in my mind, while the crowns of our plants lay hidden under a thick mulching of grass clippings. No, this is not the time of year for picking fresh fruit, but rather a time for looking to our larder of well-put-up vittles from the forest and fields. But honestly, this is only a reality for us human folk. For our local wildlife, their pantry is the forest and fields from which we gather up our stores, and as the season cranks along, I have noticed that certain foods disappear sooner than others. One fruit that is still holding on and is ripe for the picking by our wild neighbors is that of the hawthorn. In his poem, The Rose Family, Robert Frost writes, The rose is a rose and was always a rose, but the theory now goes that the apple's a rose and the pear is, and so's the plum, I suppose. The deer only knows what will next prove a rose. Well, I hate to break it to you, but we have another rose on our hands. Hawthorns are also a member of that same old rose family, with all the aforementioned individuals Robert points out. And upon close inspection, it's really no surprise. Their kinship is clear, from their gnarled trunks, to their five-petaled flowers, to their doubly-toothed leaves, to their fruits which look like small, oblong apples. But to say that our hawthorns are a species within this mighty family would be wrong. Just here in Maine alone, state officials report that we have approximately 22 species of hawthorns, all in the genus Crataegus. They say approximately because there isn't scientific consensus about how many species there actually are in the state or in the world. Some sources say there are 200 species globally, others say 1,000. How can it be that scientists would be so confounded by how to correctly speciate this genus? Well, there is much variation from individual to individual among the same species. Each separate species looks very similar to one another, and there is much overlap in geographic range for many of these species. So even if it were as simple as correctly identifying the species in a field of hawthorns, it would be tricky. But to make matters worse, their genetics are so similar they also freely hybridize with one another and in many cases can even create viable hybrids which can reproduce. In short, hawthorns are a great reminder to us all that while humans love to categorize and make sense of this world, those categories are nothing more than a human construct and perhaps even the notion of a species, a very cornerstone of the natural sciences, might not actually be a perfect way of viewing the world. Helpful, yes. Perfect? Probably not. So our hawthorns will confound the amateur or expert botanists among us, but as with so many things in nature, they needn't confuse the folks living in the woods, be them human or otherwise. The word hawthorn comes from Old English haw, which means hedge. With their sturdy trunks, short stature, and formidable thorns, it's no surprise that hawthorns became a choice planting to demarcate property boundaries, natural barbed wire fence. And from this hedge would grow beautiful flowers in June, and in the fall, fruits which, while small, would make wonderful jellies, jams, teas, and medicine. For the wild folk around us, like grouse, bears, deer, and cedar waxwings, 
The fruits of the hawthorn are a valuable food source during soft mast years. So this weekend, while you are out and about, you can keep your eyes out for the fruit-laden boughs of a hawthorn. If you do find one, you might pause and observe what wildlife is near. As we careen towards the time of year when seed catalogs start arriving, all nudging us towards thinking about ordering seeds and trees for our spring planting, you might consider adding a native hawthorn to your landscape for its beautiful flowers, abundant fruit, and wildlife-attracting abilities. You can download this episode and find a link to the transcript, photos, information about podcasting, and more by visiting archives.weru.org. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phonology. (laughs) 